What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Ohioverse. This episode is going to be a little bit different. It's just going to be me. I'm just going to be giving you a quick update on what's been going on over the past couple of weeks. Uh, we just were unfortunately unable to record a normal episode, but I wanted to hop on here and give you give you all just a quick, quick update. In the landscape of the NFL, obviously we got preseason going on. You know, Browns and Bengals, they're going to be battling out against different teams over the next couple of weeks. You guys can watch your your young players, some of the fringe guys that are playing for spots. Um, in the Browns case, you get to watch Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, see if he's you know grown a little bit from last year, getting back to old form. Um, in the Bengals case, you might be a little bit worried. Obviously, Joe Burrow still sidelined with that injury that he uh, sustained a couple weeks ago. Um, when you talk about the head coach's comments, you know he said it could be several more weeks on top of what they already said, only two weeks. So. Um, I, I guess in his case, you know, a, a great player. I am hoping that he comes back sooner rather than later uh, for, you know, as a football fan uh, point of view. But uh, yeah, that's that's a tough one. If you guys are Bengals fans, let me know how you feel about that. Like, do you think maybe they should be a little bit more cautious with Joe Burrow going forward, especially, you know, kind of thinking about the longevity of his career? Um, and then what do you think about his like injury proneness now since he's been in the NFL obviously an ACL injury is is a freak injury those are tough to come back from but it, it just seems like he's getting banged up a lot here early and I don't know let me know what you guys think about that uh moving into the MLS if you guys uh didn't see obviously I think it was last week the transfer window closed for them unfortunately we did see you know our MLS MVP champion Lucas Zellerian was sold to um, a Saudi Arabia club. The club was only able to get 2.7, 2.75 million out of him when his value was estimated about three to 7 million. Um, obviously when we brought him in back in like 2019, uh, we paid about seven or 8 million for him. So if you think about it, he is 31 years old. I don't know if necessarily his play was declining MLS wise, but maybe going over and playing in that league, it, may not have been where it needed to be they just probably wanted you know that kind of a player to help elevate them a little bit but it is kind of disappointing especially when you talk about a team that is making a, a bit of a playoff push they were able to bring in Diego Rossi who pretty much plays not the same position but he is more of like an attacking type player bring him in for about 5.15 million so not that they replaced them but I guess maybe they turned around and used that money just to add some younger offensive talent to that team looking forward. I get it, but it does kind of suck looking at a playoff push and and how well Lucas Zellerion and Cucho Hernandez were able to play together. And, and it just is very interesting. They also brought in, I'm probably going to butcher this name, but um, Yvin Chebrook. He's a center back, uh, cost him about $1 million. They brought in Julian Gressel. He's a right midfielder, cost him about 500 k And then Rudy Camacho, he's a, he's another center back. They cost them about 400 k as well. So you can see that they really um, attacked that backfield, trying to get a lot of you know seasoned defenders back there. I think that's one of our bigger weaknesses is we can score all day, but sometimes we let other teams score on us a little bit too much, and, and bolstering that defense is going to be really important. So... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if these moves push us more towards a championship this year or in the future, but it definitely felt like we could have held on to Lucas Elorion until maybe the January transfer window, but obviously most other leagues are gonna, kind of getting started right around here or, or in a couple weeks, so 
those teams probably wanted or not getting started. I should say they're probably already part of the way through their season, but they probably wanted Lucas Zellerand to be a part of their team while they were still playing instead of in the off season. But I don't know. It's very interesting. We'll kind of see what this looks like going forward. If you're an FC Cincinnati fan, they only had one in and one out. So they ended up uh, selling their center forward Brennan for about $10 million. And then they brought in another center forward in Aaron Bupenza um, for about $6.5 million. Brennan was definitely younger than Aaron. I don't know what this move really was. I think it was probably another one of those like, oh, somebody's willing to give us $10 million for him as kind of a future signing type thing. And, and they brought in Aaron to be kind of maybe, I don't know, I, I guess a, a placeholder until they could find some somebody else to kind of replace Brenner. I don't know. It's a very interesting move, especially for a team that seems to be dominating the MLS at this point. Maybe Brenner didn't want to be in Cincinnati anymore, but let us know what you think about that. I, I was interested in why they did that. It just, it, it seems either a lateral move or they made themselves worse for some reason. And, and I just don't know why, um, especially in a time period when you have inner Miami that has Messi and a lot of his teammates in Barcelona. And that team seems to be, and I don't know if they'll be able to make a push for the playoffs this year in inner Miami, but they're definitely going to give it a shot. So there there's a lot, they're a very talented team at this point now with Messi. So it's just very interesting to see why somebody would sell off um, a very talented player like that. But if you're interested in seeing the next crew or FC Cincinnati game, you're in luck. They play each other <laughs> on August 30th. So that'll be a game to catch again. Unfortunately, I think it's only on Apple TV. So if you have Apple TV, congratulations, you get to watch all the MLS you want. Unfortunately for the rest of us, we kind of have to watch the highlights. Um, it's a little frustrating, but that is what it is. They got to get their bag. I get it. I just wanted to end this episode off. Um, on Ohio State, there's just been, you know, a couple things that have come up over the past week. Um, something quick. There was an article that I saw that basically Ohio State has lost 13 players to the transfer portal, but they have brought in 10 players to the from the transfer portal as well. So you, this time period of just polarizing movement is is so interesting and. And I think it's uh it, it's good and bad for the sport. I think it allows you know players to test out a team, um, test out a coaching staff. Maybe they thought it would be different than what it was. Obviously, playtime is probably huge. Obviously, NIL is probably huge for some of these guys. But I think that a lot of the times when you get these four star and under guys, they're looking at culture and the potential to develop and and make it to the NFL and. And I think sometimes they're getting into these programs and they're realizing that they're not able to help them develop and grow the way that they want. So it's very interesting. I think maybe in Ohio State's case, it could be that. And it also could just be there's not enough to go around whether it's playing time or money. And and that's just the unfortunate part when you go to one of the, you know, the bigger schools or more well-known powerhouses in college football at this point. So it'll be interesting to see the polarization. I know we saw it within men's basketball. I think they, the past couple of years they brought in you know, 10, 15 guys off the transfer. So it, it's just, it's very interesting. The other thing is when you look now that the big 10 is adding uh, two more teams in Oregon and Washington. So now they've had USC, UCLA, Oregon and Washington. So now that the big 10 is 18 teams big, um, which doesn't make sense because it does say big 10, but I get all the jokes, <laughs> but it is, it is pretty crazy. The amount of talented teams that are in the big 10 now and, and what kind of, 
level of football we're going to see in 2024. But it's just very interesting. And and the one thing that I guess I never really thought about because I I never had the opportunity to be like a division one, you know, athlete or a college athlete at all was was what it I guess took for the athletes to be able to travel like that and stay up on their studies. And, you know, uh Missouri head coach Eli Drinkwitz probably said that wrong, but he made a comment about, you know, the the impact that it has on student athletes and their mental health. And it is true. I mean, you have now the Big Ten, which has teams all the way on the West Coast and teams all the way on the East Coast. So when you think about uh, if a Rutgers Oregon game happens, like those kids have to travel either to the East or the West Coast, and then they have to play a game and then they have to travel back and then you know, they have to get ready and take a test Monday morning or they have to be ready for class or, you know, and it's just, it is a very draining process. And I think that's something maybe that those people who are making those decisions didn't really think about. Obviously money is huge at play, right? So the TV rights for the big 10, all these teams are going to be making a ton and ton of money. And it's just, it's very interesting from that standpoint. Like I said, football is going to be fun, but at what cost? What cost is it to our student athletes? And I think that's something that we tend to forget in this time of NIL and this time of huge broadcasting money is like these are still just, you know, 17, 18, 19, maybe at sometimes 20-year-old kids that that um that that are just trying to play sports and, and make it to the next level, but also trying to get a college education and and you know, as as those who run the Big Ten and all the schools that are in it, they they have to think of the student athlete in that way. So it it is a very interesting statement by the head coach of Missouri, and and obviously you look at teams like in the SSC, S, I said that wrong, <laughs> the SEC and ACC. Um, it's just we're seeing a lot of movement, and there's a lot of distance that's now having to be traveled. Um, I think the Big Ten is just just the most noticeable one because, like I said, they, they I think they're the only conference now that has a West and an East Coast team. So, I don't know. Let me know what you think at home. Like, is is it that big of a deal? Do you think we should worry about it? Do you think stipulations should be put in place? Do you think, you know, the student athlete should be protected in that right? Or, or do you think, hey, it's if football is football. You signed up for it. This is what you get. You know what I mean? Just let me know what you think about that because um, it is a very interesting topic. So. Last, I wanted to set off with Gene Smith, the athletic director for Ohio State. He's been there for 18 years. Uh, He came out this past week and said next June in 2024, he's going to be retiring. So it it sucks because he has been a a person that has kind of championed the student athlete and really pushed for the growth of all the sports and and hearing the stories um, from different people that have gone to Ohio State who are student athletes. I think I was watching the Sports Center the other day and Joshua Perry, who was a linebacker at Ohio State, you know, had said that uh, when he attended a um, Ohio State swim meet, that Gene Smith and his wife were there and they knew all the names of of the swimmers. And so he just wasn't about football or basketball. Like Gene Smith was very involved in every sport that went on at Ohio State. So I'm sure there's times when he didn't get to all the the games or matches, and I'm sure there's times in which he had to learn players' names and he didn't forget. I'm not saying he's perfect, but I think that uh, somebody who has had that big of an impact on that school and, and that big of an impact on that many people who are kind of reaching out at this point, saying good things about him, 
um, is going to be really missed there, and it'll be a big shoe to fill. That's pretty much all I had. Like I said, just a quick update. There's not much going on with the Cavs. If, if you want to look it up, I think there's a video of Donovan Mitchell cooking Cole Anthony. But other than that, there's not much going on with the Cavs. The Blue Jackets are the Blue Jackets. We're just waiting for them to kind of decide to uh, pop off. The Reds and the Guardians, you guys can catch their games. Um, but I think that they're, they've fallen off a little bit since the last time we had an episode. Obviously, they're, a young, they're young teams. They're going to keep growing. They're going to keep getting better. Uh, the trade deadline happened, so everybody's trying to figure out their new squads from all that stuff. But um, I, I have faith that those two teams will be good going forward, and maybe we'll get an Ohio championship <laughs> one day. Greg doesn't think so, but I think it'd be really cool. It'd be a really fun time to watch. But uh, yeah, let us know what you think about everything that I talked about in this episode. And then uh, let us know if there's anything that we missed that you were just like, hey, you probably should have mentioned this in your update episode. <laughs> but other than that, you can check us out on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, anytime we make a post, there's a link. You can click on that. It'll take you to all of our posts. I know on the link I got to change our – it's not Twitter anymore. It's X, but you can find us on X. Uh, Facebook and Instagram. A lot of our different shows have Instagram pages, but yeah. And then if there's anybody out there that wants to hop on one of these episodes with us, whether it's Ohio verse or two minute drill on deck, um, on the pitch, so on and so on. If anybody wants to hop on here and, and talk about sports with us for a little bit, we would love that. You know, I think getting a different voice and a different perspective is, is amazing. And, and we would welcome that. And, uh, Hey, Maybe you could stick around and, and help us uh, talk about sports on a weekly basis. But other than that, guys, I'm Nick. This was another episode of Ohio Verse presented by Deep Dive Sports. And uh, we'll be back with a more regular episode next time. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Ohio Verse. If you'd like to stay up to date on the show and sporting news in Ohio, go ahead and follow Ohio Verse Podcast DDS on Instagram. Also, don't forget to follow Deep dive.sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and listen to any of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you. And catch you on the next one.